Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. everybody. Welcome back to the Red X podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Haley Johnson. I will be the host today. We have a wonderful returning guest. I'm sure you've seen his face here before. Dan Elzer, welcome. Thank you, Haley. I appreciate it. Yes, we're so excited to have you back. We're going to be talking about some good stuff today. So got my Red X shirt on ready. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Okay. So Before we get started, I just want to talk to the audience that is watching live with us here. Um, I want to say thank you for watching live. It's awesome to get your faces into the chat so that we can see who's actually watching with us right now. Um, And of course, Dan is here for the next 30 minutes. So take advantage of it. Ask him questions. If you have any questions, make sure to chat them in wherever you're watching. and, And we'll try and make sure that we get those answered. Um, also if you're not already subscribed, uh, you can subscribe on YouTube and all of the places that you watch podcasts. And you can also get emails if you go to the forward slash podcasts and put your email in there and we'll remind you every time we have a new episode. All right. Now that that's out of the way. Let's get to the good stuff. Dan, for people that might not know you, um, if, if they're new to the podcast or anything, could you just give us a brief rundown who you are and then we'll get into the topic of today. You got it. Uh... I see, I'm, I'm at 35 years now in the real estate business, Ooh. came in 1987 nice. and uh, came out of law enforcement. Uh, I spent five years in law enforcement and decided that uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. I went into real estate, uh, wrote a business plan, went out and collected, you know, uh, attracted some funds from some uh, angel investors and 14 months in, I opened an office. And so here I was. Um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And before I knew it, I'm running an office after failing miserably for 18 months, I finally got serious and I learned the business. Uh, I improved my leadership skills, built a company here in central Florida, had, uh, four of the top 10 listing agents. So that was a pretty big coup for us. We were a big listing company and sold it and, uh, became a, just kind of by accident, people started asking would I come consult with them. And I said, okay. And before I knew it, after three or four calls, I said, this could be a business. And that was 1998. So I started consulting, speaking and uh, coaching and training. So however long that's been 24 years, I've been doing that. So wow, there's my, there's my background. <laughs> Amazing. We've got some, I mean, a person with a lot of knowledge on today. So I think this is going to be awesome. So I do want to start asking you, I mean, you've been in this industry for quite a bit of time. And so for those that um, are just now experiencing, I mean, we get a lot of new agents that watch the podcast and also that are subscribing to Red X and and buying products. um, And they're newer because lead generation is really important when you're new, you need leads, you need all that stuff. Um, but the thing is right now with the economy and the market shift and everything is, is kind of 
uh, scaring them a little bit or, or a lot of people are struggling and not sure what to do and why certain tactics aren't working anymore or um, things like that. So I want to talk to you because you've seen a lot of markets, right? You've, yeah. you've been around for a minute um, in the real estate industry. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about where we're at right now with the economy and, and the market. You got it. Um, one of the things I'm a kind of a, a geek about economics. So uh, having investors, I always had to watch the markets and be able to speak to them when at our board meetings. So that's just who I am. And uh, I saw a shift in behavior. We know there's a shift in the market, but I saw a shift in behavior. I, I consult in other industries. Um, so these other industries were having this same shift. And the shift that I'm finding was that all of a sudden sales slowed, uh, lead gen slowed. And so I just naturally asked the question, I go, so what's your strategy? And people didn't really have an answer for me. So I went and did a little deep dive on, you know, what's happened to change this, this behavior. And here's what, in a nutshell, what happened. Hmm. For everybody out there listening, I want you to think for a moment, if I asked you, what do you think the average interest rates have been over the last two years? Just kind of commit to that in your mind. And then if I said, what do you think the average interest rate's been over the last 10 years? The thing that people didn't realize is the last two years, it's been 2.9%, even though it's taken off here in the last three months. Over 10 years, most people give me six, seven, it's 3.4%. So Haley, when we look at money being that cheap for over a decade, and then if you really want to get geeky, the money supply, the M2 money supply, that's the, the dollars the Federal Reserve throws at us, yeah. was triple the norm. So you got all this flush cash, you got this cheap rate over a decade it changed and we had zillow come out and different people come out because the consumer went from having to be found to chasing us not just in our industry in all industries hmm. so all these passive ways of lead gen work because the consumer was on a hot track for finding us fear of missing out i have to do something well since march of this year the federal reserve has stopped supporting interest rates so they're up five plus maybe 6% in some areas, yeah. we almost doubled there. And then they've taken money out of the marketplace. So as cash comes out of the marketplace and interest rates go up, what's happened is we still have a demand. We still are behind the power curve of housing. Right. But the consumer went from chasing us to sitting at home uncertain. And what I'm finding in all my companies that I go out and consult with, no one has a strategy that isn't passive. All their strategies mm -hmm. are to collect people seeking them. They don't have strategy to go be that trusted advisor. Mm. So in my companies that I consult with, we've changed just a couple little things. And all of a sudden they're taking market share. They're doing business because the consumer right now needs a pro to sit down, be patient, talk to them. The days of processing orders are gone for now. Mm. There's still a demand. I don't want anyone to worry that, that you've missed the bus. It will be a fabulous year. You just have to, to pivot. Mm. And you have to, like like you said, be more proactive now and, and actually go out and go and find business, then it's it's just not coming as easy anymore. And I think especially for the last few years that I've, I've seen um, in the market here in Utah, um, it has been really easy to get listings and to, I mean, people are coming to you like, oh my gosh, I want to cash out on my equity or, oh, I need to buy a house. Like the interest rates are crazy. You know, all of this um, great demand. And so, I mean, I've seen like 
listing photos that are horrendous. I have seen um, descriptions that are just poorly written. I've seen, and they get, and they were selling in a few days still. Yes. It yes. was like, you did not have to really market at all. Um, and so, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about what is the strategy. Um, what are some things that, that agents can do to generate leads and be proactive in, in the current marketplace? Well, we'll get to, you know, the FISBOs and expires next, but mm-hmm. in general, the, the thing that has happened in the marketplace that needs to be corrected in behaviors of salespeople in all industries yeah. is we got to get out from behind our desk. We have been managing our business for so long because it just kept coming to us that I was at another place out West, big company. And although a lot of people still are remote, this company has a lot of top or more higher end producers that have offices. I walked by every single one was in their office at lunchtime. Hmm. Then we had an afternoon session and they talked about it was slow. I go, why were you all in the office at lunch? <laughs> I said, you ordered lunch. So you paid for it. They brought it to you. You sat at your desk. The opportunity to have been out in the marketplace with a name badge on to have someone say, what's going on in the market? Hmm. You missed out on. So the first one is go be seen again. Immerse hmm. yourself in social settings. Uh, go into the marketplace where you want to dominate. Make sure people know that you're in the business and be prepared to respond when they ask how the market's going. Don't go, oh God, no. Say the market is very complex. It's still one of the best markets we've ever had. Mm. Use that opportunity to convert into a personal appointment. Stop giving gold away without them putting some skin in the game. If you got the knowledge and they want it, I mean, a cup of coffee, go to their house, bring them in the office, find a way to sit down and truly help them. And that will change things dramatically. The the stats still bear out that over 70% of sellers that sell want someone they know. So that's sphere. So if right. I just go talk to my friends, family, past clients and acquaintances, I'm dealing in 70 plus percent of opportunity. So yeah. we got to get out from behind the desk, even though we've been doing it for 10 years and we got to get back out there and start meeting, greeting, talking and advising. Hmm. I like that. I mean, it's easy, right? It's easy to stay behind your desk. It's easy to just get into the, the swing of things like that. Um, but some of the best agents I know are the ones that are actually going out and door knocking, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is one of the most fundamental, like, you know, simple strategies that, that people have not been doing. They're just like, oh, I don't need to. Why do I need to go and knock on people's doors? They're going to come to me anyway. And, and I have heard from some, I should say several, mm-hmm. that have said to me, Dan, I'm, I'm not going to go beg for business. And I'm like, wow, did you mm-hmm. miss the boat? You're not begging. You are the trusted advisor for what they're afraid of right now. And if they right. can't ask you, they'll find someone to ask. So be available. I, I had another client, uh, mid, Mid-Atlantic. I was at their office and uh, we got talking and we said, what are some strategies? And I said, well, are you, are you leveraging your listings? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, you're still doing just listed, just sold. Are you inviting people to the open house. And this lady said to me, Dan, why would I invite people to the open house in the neighborhood? They already have a home. And I said, real, real simple, because if you can fill your home with nosy neighbors and one buyer walks in right now, they'll feel the urgency to take action. Right. If you don't invite the nosy neighbors, then that one buyer will be by themselves in the house. And they were like, oh, I said, the other thing I said, the neighborhood will see that you're proactive. And you got an easy reason to go around and talk to people. It's not like you're cold knocking doors. Well, she responded to me that weekend. She held an open house. She walked the neighborhood the Friday before and she sold the house and got a listing. 
and she's like, you know, on fire. Her excitement was through the roof. And I said, see, all you had to do is change just a couple little behaviors. It wasn't scary to go out there and tell the world, hey, I'm holding an open house. So, but we didn't have to do that for so long. That goes back to, you know, some habits that are embedded in us. Right. I, I, I mean, especially the past couple of years, uh, open houses, I don't even think I saw any in my neighborhood that, and now there's like a few happening this weekend. Right. And so, um, it, it's crazy. Like an open house is pretty also, it, this is just a running theme that these things are like fundamentals that we tell agents that they need to do if they want to like have a consistent business and pack their pipeline. Um, but the thing is, it's just been so different that they just haven't had to. And it's like, I don't know if agents just forget that these are the things that work. Um, and, and maybe that's it, or, or they just haven't been in the business long enough. Well, I think the other thing, Haley, is this. I, I uh, was talking to one of our clients. This gentleman is like 40 years in the business, and mm -hmm. he's the number two guy uh, in a company who has a young owner. He's a second-generation owner. And we were talking about, you know, I shared with them, I have graphs that show the money supply stuff, so I was sharing that with them. And they're like, okay, um, you know, the, the owner said that, I, I fall into that category that, ha that haven't lived through this, this correction. Yeah. So I looked at the, the guy that's been around 40 years. I said, you know, back when you had your company, I said, if an agent showed up and said they were just going to do lead gen and work buyers, I said, what did you do back in the 80s and 90s? Yeah. He goes, I wouldn't hire him. I said, why? He said, because they would be in the business three months and then leave because it doesn't work. I said, now look what's happened over the last 10 years. What we would have deemed un impossible got rewarded for. So here's what's mm -hmm. hard. If I did something and got rewarded, I actually stood on stage and got an award. Now it's hard for my brain to accept that that methodology is not right. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I do more of it. I double down on it. And when I double down on it, I get frustrated, I get burned out, and I'm not having the results I want. So it's truly a self-awareness thing to be able to step back and go, hmm, let me change tactics. And right. let me ignore my brain going, but I'm really good at this. I've done, I've been doing this for 10 years. Mm. And it's not that anyone's bad. It's just, you know, uh, uh, other people's money. In the 80s, Danny DeVito had a movie called Other People's Money. <laughs> and uh, he would go raid a, a company that, had an old product that had a lot of value, like the property or the building. So he would go raid it, get a controlling position, get the stockholders to agree to bust the thing up. And he made a bunch of money. Well, the story goes, he found a, a, a copper wire company in New England and he went to do that with them. And no one wanted to sell it because it was such a, a friendly company. And, and he stood before them at the board meeting and said these things. Everyone said, we are the best copper wire company in the world. And he said, I know he goes, but there's this thing called fiber optics now. And he said, guess what? Once upon a time, there was the best buggy whip company too. Mm. And it was just so impactful on me. I was like, wow, yeah, there's some company had all the technology and the greatest buggy whip. And now there's no more buggies. It's kind of that kind of someone moved my cheese moment <laughs> that I have to do something to, to change my behavior, to be proactive. And you'll be rewarded for it. And that's the beautiful thing. If, if like that young lady, you know, did one open house, sold it and got a listing. And she kind of ch chuckled with me about how I told her, I said, and when the nosy neighbors come in, don't tell them to leave, tell them stick around, look around. And she said, it was funny. She goes, I had a bunch of people that didn't need a house, but I had one that did. Hmm. These are just little things that we can do again to make sure. And, and for my buyer agents out there, you know, I've been asking all my buyer agents, you got to get listings now. 
did you go walk the neighborhoods where you have sold homes and inter get permission from your, your families, introduce them to the neighborhood? That will tell all the potential sellers out there that you can control that market. So these are little things that I'm trying to spread to get people going. And I like it because they're not overly difficult, right? To so like like you said, leverage your listing or or things like that. It's not super difficult to like make those necessary changes, but the but the benefits are are crazy. It's just we've gotten used to to doing the bare minimum, right? And yeah. and I like that. I like that you said also about rewarding that behavior because if you are rewarded for the bare minimum, why would you ever do more? <laughs> you know, because you don't realize it's bare minimum. You truly yeah. it was hard work. Here's the other thing. I don't want anyone to think that I'm. I'm in any way disparaging the work that we had to do over the last 10 years. It was hard work, but mm -hmm. it was more of order taking work because the consumer's mentality and right. now it's not. Hey, I see uh, somebody just asked if uh, she's getting objections on FISBOs. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to shift there, Haley? We can. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Deanna asked, I'm coming across a lot of objections with FISBOs. Are there any tips you recommend? So to, to kind of uh, transition into this, um, I mean, we're talking about being proactive. And one of the most proactive things you can do to generate leads is to obviously call for sale by owners and expired. So let's let's get into that. Sure. So for everyone out there, first of all, there are there are FISBOs and expires. Haley and I have yes. three, three podcasts. We're talking about that. Um there's more than you realize. I had a I had a webinar with a company that's in multiple states. And when I brought it up, I had all these top producers say, damn, there are none. And I had run them. And I said, oh, that's funny. For this office, there's 59 of them out there. For this office, there's 41. And kind of got in an argument with some of these top producers. And I said, have you even looked? And they're like, no. I said, so you're just living with the belief there are none. Guys, there's plenty of them. And they're not mm -hmm. selling. The ones I looked at were on the market for 30, 40 days. Now, to work FISBOs, you've got to be tenacious and diligent in doing so. You can't only work with one. Uh, in my world, uh, when I was out there really doing this, I could do two out of three, three out of five, if I was doing it right. But if I picked one, it'd be the one that either sold or decided not to sell. And that would just depress me. So if you're going to work FISBOs first, have a, a handful of them that you're working. Secondly, never forget that a for sale by owner believes they can sell it or they wouldn't have put the sign in the yard. Right. If you approach them with the belief, this is Dan Elzer training, number one, if you approach them with the belief that you can do it better than them, you've created a adversarial relationship. So um, our program, I talk about all the time on this uh, real estate SWAT school, we teach an assistance approach to FISBOs where you go in, you meet with them, they'll say, and, and, and the call to go into them will be, hey, Haley, um, I, I work in their neighborhood. I see you're trying to sell your home on your own. I'd like to come by and see if I can give you any advice to help you. They always go, look, I'm not going to list. I go, you misunderstood me. I'm not listing your house. I'd like to give you some advice and help you. Hmm. Why would you help me? I always say this. If I can help you sell your house, maybe you'll refer me to someone that doesn't want to do it themselves. I get the appointment. I go in. As soon as I walk through the door, they say, Dan, I just want you to know we're not listing. I go, good, because I didn't come here to list you. I came here to help you. Now, the next thing is the important part. And, and, and for the young lady that said the question, what I have to do is take people from blissfully ignorant about the real estate industry as a FISBO to consciously incompetent. I will not, and that's not a bad word, <laughs> incompetent. I will not hire someone and pay them a fee for something I believe I can do myself. So can you go in the door and demonstrate that they don't know what they're doing in a way that doesn't offend them? 
and they realize you can do it. So here's just a couple quick tips. On that. Yeah. I get the appointment. I would always go in and start with this. You know, Haley, what I'd like you to do is demonstrate your house to me as if I'm a buyer. What I'd like to do is give you some tips to help you make sure that buyers are truly understanding your home when you get the opportunity. Now, this would just be one appointment. I don't load all these up. So you start walking me through the house. You have horrible presentation of your home because you're not a salesperson. Right. I will look at you and say, is this what you usually do with the buyer? And they would say to me, well, I usually don't walk with them, Dan. I go, okay, number one, walk with them. You don't know who they are. We have qualified people. Number two, ask questions. So I'll turn around and see you have solid surface granite in your kitchen. So I would use an example. I would say, hey folks, I'm just curious before we look around the house, how important is granite surfaces to you? And if they go, oh, that's, you know, we, we love granite if we can get that. Let me share with you the kitchen because we just put in some brand new granite. I think you're gonna love it. That is an interactive way to do it. So now I just dropped on that FISBO some, some high-end sales technique and I leave. On my way out, I, I coined the phrase, the Columbo close. As soon as I leave, I will stop and turn to you just like Columbo did back in the day and say, Haley, by the way, if I come up with something else that can help you, can I give you a call? 100% they always said yes to me. Yeah, of course. I wait, I wait a few days, call you back and have something else that I'd like to share with you. You let me come in because I didn't beat you up about selling your house. I'll give you a second tip. The rest you have to go to SWAT on the uh, real estate SWAT school for. <laughs> uh, the second tip I would do is walk them around and go, okay, I'd sit down at their kitchen table and I'd say, let's just assume I'm a buyer and I want to buy your house. What is your next move? And they just stare at me. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, I want to buy it. What do we do? And they go, well, I guess you'd make an offer. I'm a for sale by owner buyer. I have no idea what an offer is. Mm. And they go, well, I guess they'd have to go find someone to write. And I'd look at them and say, so you really want me willing to buy your house to get up and walk out and maybe run into another opportunity? They're like, right. well, what should I do? I said, you should hire an attorney to write up a contract for you. I never provided a liability reason. I'm not going to give them anything unless they list with me. Well, of course, they're not going to hire an attorney. Of course, they don't know how to present their house. I come in the third time. They're a hot freaking mess. <laughs> Now think about it. Before I went in there, Haley, they were blissfully ignorant. After those two meetings, they're consciously incompetent. Mm -hmm. Now they're willing to pay for a service they can't do themselves. When we do it that way, then we don't get as many objections because they see that you can do something they're unable to. If right. we go and just try to list the house, we will be in a battle for what they believe they can do and what you know you can do better. So I hope that helps her. In some way. Wow. Yeah, that was that's amazing. You you just you tell them that you have all of this value. Uh, you don't tell them, you show them, right? right? And and then they recognize, oh my gosh, yeah, I a bit off more than I can chew. Obviously, I needed an agent. So I, I love that. We did have another question come in. Um, they said, between expires and FISBOs, which of the two will give you a greater chance of getting an appointment? Ah, question. excellent question. And the answer to that is based on your technique. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you the differential for me. A for sale by owner is going to take me two or three appointments to create that mindset where they realize I have skills they do not have. If I go in hard at a for sale by owner, one in 10, I might catch ready to go, but I'm going to get beat up on the other nine. Yeah. So if you want to create a FISBO approach, you want to have eight or nine of them. And you're always in some form of that two or three or four appointments. So like every week you're dropping a listing on yourself. What I like about expired is an expired properly approached and positioned 
will list with me today. So as right. my business grew and I became more confident and more skilled, I went from doing FISBOs to expireds because I was like, why spend three weeks to get a listing when I can do it in a day? Yeah. So it's kind of where you are in your skill set and your ability to close on that appointment. Hmm. And again, that the whole expired appointment, remember, they're upset that it didn't happen. And we are one of the people that failed to sell their house. So again, when I approach an expired on the phone, I don't go, let me tell you what I'll do differently because they'll say, well, what are you going to do? I'll pick something. They'll go, well, the other guy did that. It didn't work. And I'm in this argument on the phone. Yeah. All I want is an appointment. So what I just tell them is guys, I don't know why your home didn't sell, but I'd love to come take a look and share with you my thoughts on what went wrong. Well, Dan, we're not going to relist. Great. Would it help to know what went wrong? Yes. Are we going to for sale by owner? Well, let me ask you, would it help you sell your own home if you knew why it didn't sell the first time? And they're like, yeah, I go, well, let me come by, just do a little survey and see what's up. I'll share the results with you. I'm in the house now. Now that I'm in the house, I can get them because they really don't want a FISBO or they want to sell. Yeah. I get that opportunity to get right to the table, do my presentation, do my pricing strategy and close for the listing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that approach. It's really simple. You're getting to the appointment. I think a lot of people get caught up on the phone of answering all these objections on the phone, um, which which you get into if you don't have the right approach. And so I love that you just get to the, and, and it makes sense. Like if I'm a homeowner and I hear somebody who's like, oh yeah, let's see what went wrong. Or if I'm a for sale by owner, like, let's see how we can help you. I mean, every, every homeowner is going to want that. Right. And so right. then you're in the door and then, and then they see you face to face because over the phone, you know, is never, it's not the most ideal uh, way of communicating. And so if you're in their house, you're talking to them, they're able to see you. And then you bring all this value. Um, I, I love that. I think that's awesome. Here, here, I'll give you what I do to really nail them on the phone. Whenever oh. I say, I'd like to come help okay. find out what went wrong. And they go, you know, we're fine. I go, before I go, can I ask you one more question? That's another little technique I created. Yeah. They always go, sure. I go, do you know why it didn't sell? And then they pause. <laughs> and I go, don't you think it would help to know why? And they go, yeah. Tell you what. <laughs> I'll come over just to help you figure out what went wrong. And then you can decide from there. Mm. Getting, I got to where getting in the door. If I could find the expired, you know, one out of two, two out of three, three out of five, I'd get in the door. And then again, I'd close 70, 75% of those as a listing. So it's one of the greatest opportunities for you to go get business right now. And the whole demand thing, going back to where we started, the demand is still there. So all we got to do is start building our inventory as soon as, and, and these rates are starting to moderate. As soon as people see normalcy, they're going to come out of the shadows and start buying again. And you want to have inventory when that happens. I love that. Uh, we just got a question from Macy and maybe this is the one that we end on. Um, sounds like she's burned out. Uh, she's been working really hard and um, wants to finish off the end of the year. Have you experienced burnout and how have you overcome it? Ah, yes, I have. <laughs> um, the first thing I have to do Burnout comes from excess energy that brings me no return. Let's say that right. again. As a coach, burnout comes from excess energy that brings me no return. Uh, if I was coaching you, Marcia, I would say, first thing I want you to do, and it's a pain in the neck, is I want you to take a piece of paper, just make some columns, do 30-minute increments, and every time you look down, write down what you're doing. At the end of two business days, look at those ledgers and see, what am I doing? Is it proactive? Is it reactive? 
Am I waiting on things? Am I causing things to happen? You will find that you've put yourself in a position that creates weakness instead of strength. And so you're doing all this work and that's just not going to, to produce results. So you get burned out. You're better off to be more effective in a few things than ineffective in a whole bunch of things. Right. So anytime I have a client that's burned out, first thing I do is we break down, what are your activities? What are your behaviors? And I find out there's a lot of energy going to things that are not giving a return anymore. I like that. That's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Dan. This past 30 minutes have been amazing. It really chock full. That's why we love you on here. You give us a lot of good information. Um, can can I throw want... out to them the SWAT thing for them? Yeah. I was just about to ask if people want to learn more, where can they go? Yeah. Uh, guys, if you want these, these tips and techniques, I just did SWAT in a uh, online LMS format. So you can take it at night, take whenever you want. And it's R-E-S-W-A-T school.com. So reswatschool.com, it's $279. It's the best deal in the marketplace. It's an eight week space learning program and all my talk tracks, all of my letters and forms and stuff are in that program. Plus we, we, we definitely champion uh, Red X all the way through it. So awesome. Yeah, I think if you even, I mean, if you got a little bit of benefit from this podcast, I think Dance Swat School would be amazing for you. Such a good opportunity to learn more about what we're talking about, um, especially given the current situation with the economy and market. It is time to to ramp up your business uh, for the rest of 2022 um, and, and of course for 2023. So thank you again, Dan, for coming. This has been awesome. We'll have you again. Of course, this has been great. Uh, for everybody that's asked questions, thanks for asking questions and, and showing up today. Um, I know that if you show up, you are trying to better your business. And, and that's what we try to do and help help others to do. So um, I think that's it. Of course, if you want to continue this conversation, conversations like this, we do have a new Facebook group. It's called the Lead Gen Conversation. You can join. Uh, we talk about stuff like that, uh, st stuff like this in that group all the time. And of course, we'll be here same time, same place next week. And thanks again, Dan. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you, Kaylee. I appreciate the opportunity. See you next time. Of course.